Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable, the wonderful, the lovely, Zachary Stevens. Broncos country <laughs> is sitting in the south stands, drinking the course a mile high, the best part of the weekend. Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Having a good time when the orange W-I-N. Close. Tuning in every day to the good folks out down at DNVR. (laughs) (laughs) The Broncos win. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, The vibes have completely altered around here. We never thought we'd see the day. I will cheers to that, Zach. (laughs) Sorry, this is my last uh, strawberry sky here. If I can get it open. It's been such a good weekend. There's There's only one left. One left. And it's to the Broncos. Cheers. Congratulations <laughs> on the first win, Vic Fangio. Broncos get the job done on the road. 500th win in the franchise's history. 500th win in franchise history. Took about as long to get that as it took Von Miller to get his uh, 100th sack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but a win is a win is a win is a win is a win. Yep. And Tim Tebow, I think, would be proud of the Broncos for winning a game with only 159 <laughs> passing yards. Right up Tim's alley, huh? Exactly. <laughs> um, Zach, just off the top, what are your main takeaways from what we just saw? Hot starts. The, this team back-to-back weeks with the hot start. And, Ryan, at what point in the game did you really start feeling? Not just think, but when did you really feel, oh, no, it's going down the exact same path? Oh, uh, the pick. The, yeah. When Joe Flacco threw the pick inside the 10-yard line, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but what, didn't the Broncos get it right back? Wasn't that when Phillip Rivers yeah. then threw the interception? Yeah. So I guess it, it went away after that. But that's um, a really, to me, that's the most important part about this win is because when you start losing and losing becomes a habit, yeah. it is so easy to tuck your tail between your legs and say, just, all right, go ahead, do it. You know, I'm, let me just. Shutter. Let me just close my eyes. Go ahead. Take the game away from us. We know it's going to happen. And the Broncos showed a lot of resiliency to not allow that today to say, hey, you know, this isn't this isn't the same thing happening all over again. We're going to make the plays on defense when we have to. We're going to, you know, make the field goal at the end of the game to make sure that they aren't able to to go tie the score on the other side. So it's important for them. Um, And to me. It showed that Vic Fangio is starting to figure out uh, his team a little bit because he made some big changes on defense and they all worked. 
if the Broncos were a winning team right now, even just at three and two, people would be looking at this win and, and calling the team a mentally strong team and saying that now they definitely know how to win. Now, it's a little bit toward that. I don't think you can call this team, you know, extremely mentally strong and a winner at sitting at one and four where they are, but it's definitely good momentum. It's good momentum for Vic Fangio to get his first win. It's good momentum uh, for, for the entire team, but it's also great momentum for what Vic wants to do because this was the first game where Vic it felt like Vic truly got to do what he wanted to do on the defensive side of the ball. It didn't matter that Adam Gotsis was one of John Elway's former second-round picks. No, he, he put him on the bench for Mike Purcell, who had been, what, this is his seventh team that he's been on in his career? So for a no one, it, they benched Adam Gotsis. A.J. Johnson, Alexander Johnson, gets the start at inside linebacker. That kind of felt like Vic saying, you know what, this is kind of a bold move, but I don't care. I'm going to do it, and look what this defense did. The defense, as Vic Fangio said, the defense was, quote, awesome today, and they really were. This is the Broncos team we thought we were getting. Yep. Philip Lindsay beasting the defense. Uh, Vic Fangio, you know, being the puppet master, calling all the right plays. This was, you know, what we thought we would see through the first four games of the season, and it took until now to finally – get to that point but it's nice to see the formula work and let's just let's get to Philip Lindsay I have the uh the buffs <laughs> Philip Lindsay homegrown on in honor of Phil who was probably the player of the game today because again Philip Lindsay had um almost as many all-purpose yards as Joe Flacco had passing yards yep exactly he, he had the, he was a leading receiver well he had the most receptions tied with Cortland Sutton on the team and of course the leading rusher and Joe Flacco, net passing yards, had 159. He had 147 <laughs> total yards. So it's interesting. I mean, how, how often do we have to talk about this? But you got to feed the ball to the kid. And, and even after Phil bursts out for 32 yards to pretty much seal the game, I realize, you know, you want to get him rested and make sure he's fresh. But you take him out, and then you run the ball twice. Yep. You get nothing. And then you bring him back in, and he gets you 14 yards on third down to win you the football game. It's like, do, do you guys get it yet? Like, he's, the, he's maybe the best player you have on offense. He is. And but what do you do? do you, me? I'm keeping him out there. If he's hot, if Philip Lindsay's hot, which he has been recently, keep him out there. He's a thousand yard back. What are you doing taking him off the field? I understand that this is probably going to be the most frustrating thing for Broncos fans as the offense picks up steam. Is they're going to continue to do this? Because they like Royce. Uh, uh, Rich Gangrello said that they like Royce as a receiver out of the backfield. A lot of people thought that was going to be Philip Lindsay's role this year before they brought in Theo Riddick. Nope, they like Royce, so it's going to continue to happen. But hey, I guess if it means that Phil gets 15 carries for 114 yards instead of maybe 25 carries for 100 yards because he gets a little more banged up and not as explosive, maybe this is really the, the perfect formula. A couple quick pr uh, notes here before I get yelled at by Lindsay. Lindsay, if you're watching, <laughs> hi on Periscope. Um, where the WGT hole this week is hole number two at Pebble Beach. So make sure you go to freewgt.com and download the app and go and play hole number two. Zach, we never talked about uh, who won this week between you and I. Oh, I won. Oh, did I you? I won. Yeah, you weren't there to announce what, what your oh, score was. Oh, you won so, by default. Are uh -huh. you proud of that? I, I beat Mace and uh, I also beat you. I had a little party on the pod wow yeah it, it feels really good just like the broncos i'm only looking at, at this one week and i'm one to know undefeated ryan 
I'm going to let you have this one because I feel bad for you. Oh, gosh. You hope that's not what the Chargers did. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is that the BS, oh, the DNVR, Broncos, I'm gonna, how long until I never do that anymore? Are, DN- you, are you still saying San Diego Chargers? Yes. Then it's going to be a while. Yeah, probably. The DNVR Broncos podcast is presented by Strava Craft Coffee. A uh, little bit of a long day yesterday for me. Um, in a good, uh, not necessarily not in a good, good way. way. Yeah. No, but it was a good, a good start to the day, which ended in a bad end to the day and a, a little bit of a rough morning this morning. But mm. shout out to Strava Craft Coffee for yep. getting me right to have some banger tweets during the Broncos game <laughs> and now record this podcast. So shout out to Strava Craft Coffee and use the code DNVR20 to receive 20% off when you purchase from their website. And speaking of banger tweets in this football game, Ryan, <laughs> what is up with you? What, what's gotten into you? What's oh, gotten into you? I know where you're it's, going with It's this. three games in a row now, Ryan. You have called uh, – you, you make a, what, a bold prediction you call it before the game? Yep. And you're three for three. I am three for three on the season. I should have started it earlier. I could be up to uh, <laughs> five for five by now. But – you know, because you're freaking me out. I wish I could say this was you know, a, a just chance, but I do this a lot. <laughs> so I, I, I got, I've got a that's so Raven thing going on because people are always like, oh, well, why don't you just predict the Broncos to win every time? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't control the future. I just see it in little <laughs> snippets. I wish I could see it all, but it's just one. I'm like, oh, there it is. Justin's getting the interception. And finally, uh, when it, I guess, you know, they open the floodgates because they end up getting yeah. three takeaways today yeah. and, and it should have been four. Because uh, A.J. Johnson, who, by the way, he gets a game ball as well. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Johnson, as our, our friend Brandon Kristall said, he had Defensive Player of the Week <laughs> slip right through his hands. He could have had two picks yep. and a touchdown-saving tackle, and that for sure would have been Defensive Player of the Week. He still might be a candidate, though. If I told you that A.J. Johnson this week was Devin Bush, would you have been surprised? No, I mean, no. That's what you, you would have expected from a first-round yep. pick. Exactly, and and there there were a few things went wrong, but with a rookie uh, inside linebacker first round pick, there's going to be some mistakes that happen. But you want to see flashes, and AJ Johnson looked the part. He looked like Vic Fangio's guide. Now it's one game. It's a little interesting that he hasn't gotten the nod the past four weeks when there's been that hole at inside linebacker. But now you wonder. Let's say Josie Jewell gets healthy, Ryan. After the game, AJ Johnson. What do you do? Uh, you play AJ Johnson. Hmm. You, this, it's tough. I mean, I wouldn't. It would be easy to say we'll just play AJ and Josie, but that's not exactly how it works. Um, but maybe you can because AJ was one of the main guys who was filling in for Todd next to Josie in training camp. Yep. Maybe that's what you do because Zach, we've been talking about it, and and it doesn't just change all of a sudden because they've won. Get younger. Get these young guys experience. Taking him off the field after the game he had today would be criminal because that's what this season is all about from here on out. Finding the guys who are going to be in, uh, who you're going to put on the, uh, what do you call it? The, the lifeboat. Yep. Find the guys who you're going to put on the lifeboat, set them out and save them while the rest of the boat goes down and, and wave, you know, au revoir <laughs> to the boat as it goes underneath. But uh, that that was an awesome performance from him. And a lot of the things I hate to do this because this is what always happens when you win a game after losing a bunch and you made some changes. A lot of these things leave us asking, why did it take so long? Right. Zach, you and I uh, were, weren't 
shocked that Shelby Harris wasn't producing from the nose tackle position. And as soon as it started happening, it's like, okay, well, yeah, he's not a nose tackle. In fact, he's about 30 pounds too light to be playing that position anyway. That's the thing is it doesn't take an expert to see that. Yep. You move him outside to defensive end today. He's creating pressure like crazy. Mike Purcell, uh, you know, Vic Fangio noted after the game that he's a run stopper. Dude was getting in the backfield on passing plays too. He looked like he belonged out there. AJ Johnson looked like he belonged out there. All of those guys, you're, you're sitting here scratching your head saying, okay, why did it take you until week five to figure this out? Yeah, you're 100% right. One thing that Vic has done correct was make sure he does everything possible to keep Kareem Jackson at safety. Now, he has been forced to play him at nickel a little bit, but he said this week, I'm going to make sure that Kareem stays and, and gets comfortable at safety. And boy, <laughs> did that look brilliant today. Kareem Jackson was was the Broncos' best player, uh, at, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Him and Phil, uh, the MVPs for their respective side of the ball. Kareem Jackson was a beast. Those are the plays that Vic Fangio imagined Kareem was going to make when they brought him here. He is not a big guy. He does not look big with pads on. He does not look big without pads on. He hits like he is A.J. Johnson's size. He brings the attitude, and boy, I, without him, the Broncos lose this game. Yep. Uh, I tweeted it out. It looked like he was playing in fast forward while the rest of the, while the rest of the field was going in regular speed. Yep. When you mix in the way that AJ Johnson played and then you bring in, um, Kareem in the back end, Justin Simmons had a pick, but then also like Will Parks had some big hits. This Broncos defense felt intimidating mm-hmm. for the first time all year. Like, like that looks like a team that when the Titans watch them on film are going to be like, Man, this is going to suck on Monday next week. You're saying that Derrick Henry isn't now excited to play the Broncos? I mean, I'm sure he's still excited because of what Leonard Fournette did. Yeah. But the Broncos seem to have had a counterpunch to that. And do you have the rushing yards in in front of you right now? I do. The Chargers ran, this is crazy, they they ran 16 times, 35 yards, 2.2 yards per carry average remember this is the Chargers team with a fresh Melvin Gordon you can make the case that maybe rusty and also Austin Eckler who's been killing the first four games of the season that is you're right <laughs> over there <laughs> I, I want to blame it on the strawberry sky but I can't <laughs> um that was Vic Fangio earning his money right there yep because to go from giving up 269 269 yep. yards to giving up 35 yep that is adjusting that is making uh, you know moves and and again this is against Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon who I think going into the game you probably could have got someone to say uh you know this is the best running back duo in the league yep of course and how about this the the Leonard Fournette and the Jags ran for 269 yards last week this week the Broncos give up 246 total yards so the Jaguars ran for more yards than the Chargers had this week uh the Chargers only had 3.8 yards per carry they didn't score on offense until the very end of the game when the Broncos were clearly just in prevent garbage time defense I know I've ragged on the Broncos offense in the first four games about not getting to do anything really until garbage time outside of last week well give it up to the Broncos defense they did not allow anything until garbage time uh, and outside of special teams, we could have been looking at uh, at a shutout for the Broncos. Stop me if you know if you already saw this, but do you know how many catches Austin Eckler had in the game? Oh, 
two? 15. <laughs> what? Yes. What? 15 catches. I mean, that's their, that was their whole offense. Just swing it out to Austin Eckler. Swing it out to Austin Eckler. Swing it out to Austin Eckler. I think it was Mace and I did an over-under Austin Eckler percentage uh, of catching the ball. I think we set it at 96% of catch rate because that's what he was at coming into this game. Mace easily took the under. He was at 94% today. See that <laughs> you might as well have said it at 100 or 90 because it's pretty hard to like if he had one drop he was going to fall right. under or one <laughs> That's exactly uh, what it was. Yeah. Right. One target is what threw it off. Um but I mean, look at this Broncos offense. I, I dare I say, like you take Philip Lindsay out of there and they might not score today. Yep. Well, I guess you have the long Cortland Sutton touchdown. Okay. Right, right. How about that? You take out the Cortland Sutton touchdown. Yep. And do you know how many passing yards they have? <sighs> what oh And I'm not boy. even going to say this is this under is, 100. Yes. A 70-yard touchdown for Cortland Sutton. You take that out and they have less than a hundred passing yards on the day. Wow, wow! And that this was, that was in the first quarter. What happens? What did Joe Flacco do after the first quarter? I, what? I, that's what I'm saying. Like this offense. This is what we were talking about. This is what we thought would happen in the season. The offense anemic, the defense dominant, and in the end, it turns out to be a pretty easy win because you yep. got a lead. And, and so I guess this <laughs> was the formula they've been talking about all along. You get a big lead, you let the defense pin their ears back, and you just defend that thing the whole rest of the game. Can I just say that still, even though it worked today, it still bugs the heck out of me. Because what coach is going to say, you know, we don't really want a big lead to start the game. We want to keep our guys motivated. In fact, if we give them the lead, that would be great. But yeah, I mean, the the formula, which I think you and I have joked about for years now, it, it worked today, and it almost slipped through the Broncos' hands, but they, they held strong. It's not that good of a formula. <laughs> right. Like, right. It, it's, that's one of the problems here, is that formula is just not – if that's your formula for success, it's not a very good one. <laughs> and they've been using it for three years now, and what's their record? They have 12 wins? Is this a new updated number? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tw- yeah, 12 wins over the last three years. Yeah, yeah. Probably – probably maybe change the formula it's it's fun to say it after a win but yeah they're on pace for what four wins right now uh i guess a little under that if you get one win every five games undefeated in their past one though yep and that leads me to the next thing i want to talk about but before i get to that shout out (laughs) to the good folks at breckenridge brewery and if you're watching on periscope you can see that i'm holding up an ice cold strawberry sky right now that tastes even better with a victory, but it also tastes good in losses. It's pretty versatile in that way. Um, it tastes good during a game. Yes. It tastes good when they get the big lead. Yep. And it tastes good when the lead is slipping away. We've always described it as the quintessential summer beer. Mm-hmm. We've got fall temperatures out here today. Yep. Somehow, some way, yep. still amazing. <laughs> so shout out uh, to Breckenridge Brewery. And if you want more of a, of a fall sip, then you should check out the Colorado Core. It still has those bright summer vibes, but you know you get the apple in there, which kind of has a fall Talk feel to it. Fall apple vibes. pie, yep. yeah, that oh, sort of yeah. thing. So uh, it looks like you're going to a uh, an apple. What do they call it? An apple patch? No, an apple roaster. Uh, an apple field. Um, an apple pickery. I don't know. Apples grow on trees. An apple tree farm. An apple. 
an apple place. An apple farm. You go apple picking. <laughs> there, there we go. I think patch is where. I think you're right on patch. <laughs> an apple patch. <laughs> Sounds like something you get if like a food fight and an apple hits your eye. Uh, the old apple patch, or it's like a, it's like a certain shape of eye patch. <laughs> what if an apple exploded on your head? Like that would hurt, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, you, you've got that right. You've got that right. It would probably hurt if you got hit in the face with an apple so hard that it exploded. And back to Colorado Core. Anyways, Colorado Core, have some. If you get hit with an apple, I'm sure Colorado Core will help. And if you want to say things like, what if you got hit in the head with an apple and it exploded? Then you should check out The Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest green solution for pickup and use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, Zach. No, you've been enjoying The Green Solution over there. Um... What was the other thing? Okay. There is an important... uh, How do I describe this? Hmm. This morning, it came out that the Broncos were not looking to trade Von Miller because, quote, they feel that they're close. And that, mixed with a nice juicy W, makes me a little bit concerned. Hmm. Because the Broncos should not conflate today's win with them being close and I'll even concede the fact that they are very close to being three and two but that you can't let that mask the problems that you have with this team and and honestly the problem is what we just talked about your formula is bad you have a bad formula so don't let this today mixed with the fact that you've been close in a couple other games confuse you into thinking that the formula is right, the ingredients are, are are just a little bit off, you know? It's not. And you still need to be looking towards week nine as when you're going to bring in Drew Locke and try to integrate him into this thing. Because here's the thing. You have done a lot of work towards rebuilding this offense, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. You've restocked the cupboard with young talent. And if you are able to get Drew Locke and hit on him, and then you mix him in with Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Noah Fant, Cortland Sutton, et cetera, et cetera. That, I mean, I guess that those are your five, four or five guys uh, that will be the core of this offense. Well, then you're actually on to something. And I like what I've seen from Rich Gangarello in spurts. So if you're able, if you hit on Drew Locke, then you are really headed in the right direction because you're going to have a franchise quarterback along with a defense and a, and a defensive mastermind over there. You you need to make sure you have this thing right because if let's say the Broncos don't see Drew Locke this year because they're uh, six and eight towards the end of the season and somehow they're you know still uh, is a chance that they could pull out the last wild card or something stupid like that. Here's the thing: John Elway says, "Look, we're six and four in our last ten. Right? That you." You can't have that and then turn around and say, all right, well, we, let's you know, keep going with what's best. Because what you definitely can't have happen is you have a high draft pick and you still don't know what you have in Drew Locke. So you pass on taking a quarterback when you have an opportunity to, and then you still don't have your quarterback and you're just pushing this whole process back. 
in the end, rebuild, don't rebuild, retool, reboot, whatever you want to call it, you got to have a quarterback. In the NFL, bar none, it just starts and ends with the guy who's under center for you. And until they have that, the Broncos are going to be stuck in purgatory. So I just don't want them to get confused here with where they really are. You are at, you're in stage one. And um, when, when we talk about this team rebuilding, they actually don't need to wrecking ball the whole thing. Right. They have the first floor built. Yep. Just don't confuse yourself into thinking that you have half the building built. Yep. Stick with your first floor. And build up from there. And that starts, it has to start with seeing what you have in Drew Locke this season. Short term, this win feels good, right? Vic Fangio said uh, he may not sleep tonight because he's so excited. And he said that up until, you know, that the beginning part of this week is going to be great. But here's the thing. Like you said, Ryan, you can't let it confuse you on where you are right now. And the reality is this whole organization needs to realize that they're one in four. One and four is bad. Ryan, we knew they were the best winless team out there. Don't confuse yourself now and say what I said. Don't, don't say we're on a one-game win streak. Look what we can do. Look what we can do this season. Look what we can do next year. Because you know what? Doing that has got you. It's got you the past two years. And have you enjoyed that? No. I, John Elway has enjoyed it. He, he's admitted to everyone. There's nothing good about this. And don't lose sight of where you're at. But today... Also gave me a little hope that Vic was looking toward the future. He said, if I make Adam Gotsis a healthy scratch, well, he's probably done with us as a Bronco. And he said, I don't care. I want to see what Mike Purcell can do because I know Adam Gotsis, or at least that formula that they had on the defensive line last week, didn't work. It was trash. It was garbage to the tune of 269 rushing yards. So why don't I see these other guys? He said... I'm going to keep Kareem Jackson at safety because I need him to develop there and I need him to be comfortable there for the long haul. And he said, in his mind, he probably said, if that means being worse at nickel, but getting Duke Dawson some reps and seeing if he can play there, that's exactly what they're doing. So I really like that. The offense at times looks like a different offense. It looks good. It looks manageable. At the very least, it looks serviceable. At other times, you can definitely tell there's still a long way to go. You can't put up 17 points in a half and then do nothing until uh, later in the fourth quarter. You can't do that if you're a good team. So the Broncos need to have fun the next few days, enjoy it, but, but don't say this totally changes everything we're doing. And here's the thing. I watched a decent chunk of the Titans today. They can probably beat them at home. Yep. And now, you're oh, you're on a two-game winning streak. Yep. And, you know... Then you have the Chiefs coming in, and the Chiefs yeah. most likely send you back to earth. They do. They will. <laughs> but the, and then I guess there's the other side of the coin, which, hey, might as well talk Broncos about it. Broncos are hot. <laughs> they, they, they beat the Titans. <laughs> they beat the Chiefs, and now they're, they're, they're right back in the thick of things. Yep. That three and four, three-game win streak. Hey, 1992 San Diego Chargers were coming for you. How about um, the Broncos? Zero first downs in their last two third quarters. Excuse me? Yep, that is 30 minutes of football in the third quarter, both times with a lead, zero total first downs. Is that Rich Gangarello and Vic Fangio and the staff saying, we don't want to lose this game. We want to, we consciously want to take our foot off the pedal. I certainly hope not. <laughs> it is far too early for that. Honestly, you should never take your foot off the pedal until there are, I'll give you... um 
four minutes per score. So you're up one score with four minutes left. Okay. Run the rock. Okay. Um, and maybe even that's too much. Right. Um, but just just to give you peace of mind here, you're up uh, 14 with eight minutes left. I'm okay with you, you know, run twice and then maybe throw on third and long yeah. if that's where you're at. Uh, and so on and so forth. There's 30 minutes left in the football game. You're up 17. There, you have no business taking your foot off the gas. Not, not at halftime. And I'm curious. This is two weeks now. I'm curious if Rich Gangarello is going to one admit to it, uh, and, and or two, he probably won't admit to it, but two, see if it changes next week because the Broncos could very easily get a lead against Marcus Mariota next week. And then what do they do? I say do what the Patriots typically do, and that's just smash their skulls into the ground. <laughs> Jeez, uh, I'm with you though. I'm with you. There's, if you lose from um, trying to win, then yep. you, can can anyone really come after you? Nope. Um, I can remember one time where I've done that, and it's because the Buffs were up 28 points in the fourth quarter and lost, oh. um, or or late third quarter, something along those lines. And but your rule would fall into uh, right, to it right, then. right. Yeah. Um, someone after the game did the math that they could have just taken a knee on every single play no, and, no. and won the game. No. But they kept, they tried to build the lead to 35. And well, you see, Dan Hawkins was the coach, and Cody Hawkins was his son, Ugh. and he was a senior, and they were trying to get the all-time passing yards no. record. <laughs> so they kept throwing the ball, and bad things happened. And he's no longer the head coach, right? He is not. Yeah, he's the head coach so. at UC Davis, where apparently mm. they love him there. Mm. Well, good for him. Hopefully he's having a nice Colorado sky or a Colorado core or a strawberry sky. For sure. Um, how about this? When we talk about guys in the lifeboat, think of all the guys in the lifeboat that had a good game today. Corlin Sutton, 70-yard touchdown. Other than that, pretty quiet. But still, that looks great. On uh, He looks like DT, prime DT, running for that touchdown. Yeah. Philip Lindsay, definitely in the lifeboat. Royce Freeman still had a nice game. It doesn't look like it, but do you have – his yards per carry there? He 4.7. 4.7. We'll take that all day. Measly compared to Phil 7.6, but very good. Very efficient. Um, Noah Fant didn't do much. Cream uh, Jackson, he's in the lifeboat. Player of the game on defense. Uh, Mike Purcell, uh, vying for a spot on the lifeboat. He yep. played really well. Shelby Harris vying for a spot. Yep, he played really well. Malik Reed, for sure, on the lifeboat. Yep. He played awesome. He was getting pressure after pressure. Yep. Uh, AJ Johnson vying for a spot. He played really well. You go down the list, Justin Simmons trying to get a spot. He played yeah. really well. And I think he probably is in the lifeboat. If they're going to sign one of these guys who are on contract years, my bet would be on him. Mm -hmm. All of these guys that should make you excited for the future. But again, the future is not this year. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, it's too, it's like, I hate to say it's too little too late because we're in week five. It's too late now to say something. Wow. All right. Uh, it is, though. It's too late. You know, obviously, crazier things have happened. Barely. But one time, a crazier <laughs> thing happened. Um, it's, it is a little bit too little too late that for this year. But you this is what I this is what exactly what you want. You want to see the lifeboat guys. Maybe that's a new shirt. <laughs> lifeboat guys. It's all of them with a cheering on a lifeboat. <laughs> Do you have drowning people in the background? <laughs> They're just waving goodbye to the Do past. Do you put faces to those people, the ones that are drowning, or are they faceless? Oh, man. This is getting too dark for me. <laughs> um, but the lifeboat boys, 
<laughs> new band name. Uh, you want them to play well. That's yep. like the, that's just the only thing you ask yep. on a week in week out basis. That's a successful season the rest of the way. It sure is. Uh, Von Miller, no sacks. Created plenty of pressure. He's clearly uh, playing a lot better now than he did in the first three weeks of the season. And so this is the future for this team. It's, it's those people, and you need that. That's your first floor. You have the first floor. Just make sure you know that that is just the first floor. Exactly. Don't lose sight. And Ryan, maybe on the other side, we can talk about the guys that may not have made it on the lifeboat and, and what they did today and, and what it means. Cause there's, there's a few very interesting players out there. But before we get to that, uh, shout out to the Glendale Raptors who hosted an awesome event this weekend out there at infinity park. Uh, if you were there, if you maybe made it out to infinity park in Glendale, make sure you shoot us. Uh, actually yeah, they hosted the event international uh, rugby sevens for women. Um, Shoot us a picture. Tell us about it. Maybe yeah. you had a Breck beer while you were out there. Yeah. Um, so we want to hear all about your experience. And make sure you check out rugby down there at Infinity Park in Glendale. Okay. What did you tease? The guys that may <laughs> not be on the lifeboat okay. and what they did today. And I want to ask you, is it, a, is it a fluke that this happened? Or is it maybe the coaching philosophies saying exactly what we hope they're doing? And that's let's focus on developing these young guys and specifically, Emmanuel Sanders is the, the biggest name that jumps out to me. Should, should we call these guys uh, the sinkers? <laughs> sure. All right. The floaters and the sinkers. <laughs> Boy, that takes it to a, uh, another dark place. <laughs> Different type of dark. Though. Dark brown. <laughs> wow. This, this guy probably sunk fastest. When he hit the water. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he had it, – it, it's not like Emmanuel was Austin Eckler out there where he had 16 targets and only came up with uno, one catch, one catch. Explain no, that. He had one target. So maybe Joe – maybe Emmanuel's number was called by Scangarello 15 times in the game and Joe just only happened to look at him once. Maybe the formula – and and this team said – Let's look at Cortland a little more. Hey, uh, John passes it to Vic. Vic passes it to Rich. Says, why don't we really focus on, on Cortland and see if he can be that one for us? Let's get Deshaun involved. Let's get Philip Lindsay, all these young guys. What? You, you, you're- Zach, wide receivers in this game for the Broncos had eight targets total, and Cortland Sutton had seven of them. Wow. No other wide receiver was targeted. Because you had Philip Lindsay, Andrew Beck, Jeff Hireman, Noah Fant, wow. Jeff Hireman had um, three targets. That was the most for any um, receiving option. Other, I'm trying to take running backs out of the equation. Um, and then you had two for Royce Freeman, four for Philip Lindsay, and one for Andrew Beck, and, and one for Noah Fant. Wow. What a weird game plan. That is very weird. And uh, honestly, court, like... You have uh, four catches for Cortland, four catches for Phil, two catches for Royce, and then a bunch of ones. There was just no balls to go around. No, that's that's crazy. So do you think it was intentional? It it sort of feels like they just – I mean, I guess it's because they took their foot off the pedal and they just started running the ball. But you can win with 191 rushing yards for sure. 
It's just it's win. it's very. I don't know if I've ever seen a game where wide receivers had eight targets total. No, and maybe Tim Tebow game, but <laughs> there was that game that Tim Tebow threw the ball fifteen times. Right, he was two two for fifteen or yeah. something. Yep. I'd be willing to guess there was eight targets for <laughs> wide receivers in that game. That's crazy. But here's the thing. That's actually not a surprise. We know Joe Flacco loves his tight ends, his running backs out of the backfield. Um, and uh, so with Joe Flacco, this was a Joe Flacco game. I mean, 94 rating, 182 yards, one touchdown, one interception, as everyone would say. That's Joe. That, that, that's, that's what Joe is. He was not going to win the Broncos that game, but – he wasn't really going to lose it either. No. Uh, obviously, the interception really hurt, uh, or, or it looked like it was really going to hurt. Luckily, A.J. Johnson bailed him out. Phillip Rivers, by the way, we want to talk about quarterbacks. He looked horrible. Yeah. Like, actually horrible. Yep. Like, if you if you ask me right now, would you trade Drew Locke for Phillip Rivers? I would unequivocally <laughs> say no. If you ask me if I would trade Joe Flacco for Philip Rivers, I might still say no. Now, I'd probably think better of it in, <laughs> in the long run. But, like, that's how bad he was. It looked like he was having his year. Yeah. <laughs> what did we, we came up with a new name for that recently. Or, no, it's just called The Year. The Year. It looked like he was having the year. He's, I having, mean, he's having the year. It was, it was bad. The throws when they were coming out, it really looked like our guy Peyton. And it always looks ugly for him, Zach. Royce Freeman averaged more yards per run than Philip Rivers averaged per attempt. Wow. 4.4 yards per attempt. That is disgusting. And then Anthony Lynn comes out after the game and and challenges his team's effort. Buddy, you got to look in the mirror too. That was a, it was a terrible game plan. It was the, the chargers should be getting blown. If this was a, uh, LA I guess that's all it would be if it was like DNVR in LA it'd be like LA it's uh LA <laughs> LA just that and <laughs> it'd be L actually <laughs> you drop the A <laughs> right right or well, it could be LSAS LSD they'll be taking something after that performance but if we were covering them we would be destroying them right now because that was just a terrible terrible plan you know what would have made us the most mad what the lack of urgency at the end of the game gosh yeah (laughs) like you and I were actually yelling at the TV (laughs) just because we've been so sick of watching that sort of uh lack of urgency like I I don't know I it, there's nothing that makes me more mad than that. And there's zero justification. None at all. No. Honestly, like, and they ended up going the whole kick the field goal and pray for the Hail Mary thing. You should have done that like 40 seconds earlier when you crossed into, you know, when you crossed the 25-yard line. Yeah, Anthony. So that's on you. Maybe your effort wasn't there. His effort wasn't there. <laughs> Phillip Rivers almost ends up throwing the ball 50 times. 4.4 yards per attempt. Joe Flacco, who we just said had like the most incredibly pedestrian <laughs> game of all time. Had more than double. Yeah. He had more than double the yards per attempt than Phillip Rivers. And people want to call him check down Joe. <laughs> you can't even call it Phillip Rivers was doing was checking down. He's like throwing it behind the line of scrimmage most of the day just to Austin Eckler. A 58 passer rating from Phil. I'm telling you, that was god awful. Yeah, it was. And the Broncos did this without Bradley Chubb. 
on defense. So Vic Fangio coming up huge with being able to game plan, frustrate Phil, shut them down, shut their receiving threats down. And great job to Vic and also to Chris Harris Jr. Uh, Keenan Allen, four tar- four catches for a measly 18 yards. Remember, this guy led the league coming into this week in both catches and in yards. Uh, you want to talk about trade value? Chris Harris Jr. is through the roof right now. And with those reports coming in that Von Miller will not be traded, it also comes in that other players, every other player, well, not, I shouldn't say every other player, but other players are available. And you just you hope that if that was their feeling this morning, that it's their feeling tonight because you don't want to change your outlook of the season when you're 0-4 and you win a single game. But Chris would be a guy to fall into that category. Let's say let's say you win one of your next two, and then you're 2-5. and five. You're not in it, right? No. I mean, can John believe they're in it? <laughs> no, that's wild. <laughs> I hope not. I, I mean, we just don't know. I, I hope not as well. Because let's say Chris continues to ball, especially against the Chiefs on primetime football. Then you get the Rams calling about Chris. You get the Patriots, maybe. You trade him for a third? Chris? Yeah. You should be able to get a second. You trade him for a second? The yes. Team comes in, and you know it's probably going to be a late second. Yeah, you do that in a heartbeat. You know we love Chris. Yep. Um, he's one of the best people from a media perspective. He's come on this podcast. He's won a good guy award. Like, he... He's as good as they go, yep. but he's not coming back next year, yep. and you aren't contending. So what is this, a farewell tour? Right. Or are you right. trying to build for the future? Right. Ah, that's that, that should be some type of slogan moving forward. And I don't know the actual slogan, but it's got to be like, this can't be a farewell tour. This is not a farewell this tour. This is not a farewell tour. Yep. And, and that's, that's honestly the, the approach you have to take from here on out. Um, this... Is you know you can make this about the end of an era or the start of a new one, yeah. And you want to make it the start of a new era, exactly. And I think it is. It's just we're you're in the tadpole stage right now for this group, <laughs> and so it's hard to see it because it's also being um, mirrored by the end of another era. You just need to focus on 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 the fact that it's the start of a new era, and the ultimate torch passing would be giving the reins to Drew Locke in Week Nine. To me, you unless you are, so you'd be in. If you, uh, they're probably going to keep rolling if they're three and five. So if you're three and five or four and four, I can understand why you why you would keep rolling that way. But if you're less than that, then you have to go. So what do you think in the next? What is it? Three? I don't even know. In the next however many games, do you think they win two more? Uh, they have Titans next week. I think they're going to win. Chiefs. They're not going to win that one. Um, then Indianapolis on the road in Indy. Hmm. I don't know what they did today. They're playing the Chiefs right now on Sunday Night Football. You're right. They're going to lose. They're actually up 7-3 right now, though. Wow. <laughs> um, that's going to be a tough one to win. But it's possible. I mean, that one's a, that so one's do, a toss-up. Because I agree. It, it is possible. But do they win? I don't know which makes which makes better podcasting. <laughs> uh, for let's just let's just do both scenarios. Let's Lock. do both scenarios. Okay. okay, so they do win. Uh, then you can play Drew Lock. No, you're three and five at that point. Right, you can play Drew Lock. 
You can. I don't think they will. They they won't do it at that time. Kate, you lose to Cleveland at home. You're three and six by week. You got to do it at that point. I agree. So you lose to Indy. You're two and six. You have to pull the trigger at that point. I mean, oh my God. If you don't, I I um, endorse. Wait, can I be implicated for that if I say I endorse a riot? <laughs> You're starting it right here on a Sunday at 6.57 and October 6th. You're starting a riot move. I, I, uh, I, I endorse a riot <laughs> if they are two and six and they don't pull the trigger on that. So why would they not? Well, John could be saying we're one win away from being three and six. And look, last year we were three and six. And then we <laughs> came we back to be six. six and six. And then if it wasn't for and Vance <laughs> Joseph, we would have won every game. No, it's more if it wasn't for Emmanuel getting hurt and Chris getting hurt and, and Phil getting hurt. And that's why he's going to say, I cannot trade these guys. That's for sure. Oh, Lord of us. <laughs> no, two and six. I think they do it. Man, we're... And you should... Should you tell Joe Flacco that? Isn't that... Is that, is that inspiring? Yeah, if you say, hey, look, you got to get us two more wins before week eight or we're going to have to pull the trigger. If you really want to win nine. this year. If you really want to win. Boy, that'd be something else. So, I hate... I don't want to go to go to a bad place here, but quickly. <laughs> it's best... Would you agree it's best for the Broncos to not win two of their next three games or two of their next four? Two yes, of their next four games. Because I'm thinking right now how dangerously close and easy it could be for them to do that. And when I think of it, I think of that word. I think that's dangerous. That is not good. What, what are the chances? Because uh, teams have made the playoffs from one and four. Uh, what are the chances that they can actually roll the, put this thing together? Do you think, like, will you believe if they, if they win their next two? Yes. Okay. Because they'll be one game out of 500. The Chargers are no good. They, the Raiders got to win. They're above 500. But the division and that second wild card spot may be in reach at that point. And you just beat the Chiefs. Right. And then you're going to play the Colts. And, and then it's the Browns after that. Yep. So... It's still going to be a tough position. You're still not in love with your position. But, yeah, I think if you can win the next two, then you're alive. And my whole and you're rolling, too. Right. And my whole thing with that is is it's not just the next two. It's beating the Chiefs. Because then it's like, well, who, who, who can I look at on the schedule at that point and say there's no chance the Broncos win? No one. No one. So they give themselves a shot, but... Let's say they come out next week and they beat the Titans, which very well could happen. Sitting in two and four, riding a two-game win streak, I'm still going to be saying what I'm saying right now. That no, I need to see it on Thursday night. And remember that Chiefs game is at home, a short week, Thursday night. So what are we? Sunday night in ten days, we could be talking about how the Broncos are in it for this year. We could also be saying it's over. Let's hope Drew Locke comes off IR ASAP. Yeah, I love that they won. Because we can have this conversation. Um, it, it's it's great to have a Broncos win on the board. I can tell just by the action on Twitter yep. that you guys are excited. And I love to see uh, you guys having fun with this whole thing. That's what's, and that's what's all about. And I love to see my numbers on Twitter going up. Yeah, I mean, also, <laughs> the retweets are uh, abundant <laughs> right now. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that this happened because we can have this conversation. Um, in the end, it's it's very important that the front office doesn't isn't as high on this one win as everyone else is right now. 
Uh, but good for the Broncos. They're on the board. There is a path back to respectability that you like. You said, you know, not ten days from now, right? Or ten days from now. Yep. Ten day. Yeah. So there's a there's a path back to respectability where in ten days we could be talking about the Broncos once again in the fight and believing. And you know that's the most important part is if they win this one and they win this next one, they're going to believe they can beat the Chiefs. Yep. And if they beat the yeah. Chiefs, then anything's possible. So I'm happy. I'm happy we're at this stage. I'm happy we're in this position right now because it's a hell of a lot better than talking about zero and five, worst start in Broncos franchise history. Uh, the team sucks. Everyone sucks. Everything's bad. Is Vic Fangio on the hot seat? Like, this is a much better place to be. So I'm happy we're here. I hope if, I hope the Broncos say we're gonna disrespect respectability because I don't. I, in, unless they're making the playoffs, I don't really want them to be respectful this year because that that's respectful is three and five. Respectful is then you know going four and five and then four and six and being six and ten. Five and eleven, not playing Drew Lock. Yeah, you don't want to be there. But is there something to be said for Vic Fangio in this scenario, um, getting a little bit of buy-in? Because zero and five, you know, you can really risk the players questioning whether you know what you're talking about. And they realize this is the first time in franchise history we've started zero and five. Yeah, we thought Vic was good, but. Now, this is the worst our team's ever been. Can Vic, I don't know if he has to like throw anyone under the bus, but can he say, like, just so you guys know, now we're doing things my way? Mm, I would love that. Because if I were him, I would kind of want to say that, even if it weren't true. Like, even if it wasn't John Elway, like, holding him down and saying, like, you have to play Gotsis and, and, you know, I don't, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If I'm Vic, I'm saying, just so you guys know, I, I'm running the show now. That was my way. What if he walks off the podium tomorrow morning and says, it's my way or the highway? Gives a little <laughs> wink. <laughs> it's my way or the highway. Elway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got anything else? And then Vic is called into John's yeah. office. <laughs> we hear Patrick. He's, uh, <laughs> uh, John comes down. It was the highway. <laughs> he pops his head <laughs> in. <laughs> um, Mike Munchak's the new coach. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of respectable performance uh, from the offensive line today, I, can, I mean, there's three sacks on Joe Flacco. You don't like to see that. There was... Dalton Reisner had a few mistakes. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention him as one of the lifeboat boys. Yeah. Um, he might even be, like, holding on to the little motor where you, like, steer it. <laughs> He's... Uh, or he's just the boat. You know, he is the buoy to the boat. He's the flotation device to the boat. He looks like he could float. <laughs> he looks like Floaty. he could house some teammates on him floating down <laughs> the river. Some buoyancy. <laughs> lifeboat buoyancy. Oh, wow. Wow, there we go. Once a lifeboat shirt picks up, then we'll do the lifeboat buoyancy <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I don't think that one's going to hit quite as hard. The lifeboat boys, though, that's good. Yeah, it is. That's a band. It is. And who's the lead Dal- singer? Dalton Reisner might be the lead singer. Because mm, you need the trenches. I mean, Philip Lindsay is probably, probably the lead singer. Or is he like a tambourine? Well, Drew Locke, if he's the guy, uh, he's for sure. I mean, without a doubt. He's, what, he has like a vocal cord strain right now, so <laughs> he can't sing, and someone else is filling in for him on the mic. <laughs> he's been drinking too much milk. 
you know, milk isn't good for the, the vocal cords. You would know. You're, yeah. the, you're a, a world-class singer. In fact, you're, you produce music well, too, because you made that whole intro and you sing the outro as well. <laughs> Are you going to take us out today? No, but but um, we forgot to like, we got so used to losing, we, we didn't even make bets. That's why I had to do the retweet thing, Yep. which by the way, shout out to you guys. Yeah, that was quick. 50 retweets in three minutes. <laughs> like even when I've had like some of my most viral tweets, I yeah. don't even think it was that fast. What do you think? Yeah, that's really true. What do you think the cap out would be for retweets? I don't know. I feel like I went way short. I underestimated us. Yeah. Next time, and and unfortunately, well, we'll see what happens next time. But a hundred? Do we go one fifty? Two hundred? At least a hundred. At least a hundred. Because we also did this in the fourth preseason game, I think it was. Yep. Where we said fifty. Was yep. it fifty again? Yep. Yeah, fifty retweets, and we'll do a post game pod. I like that. That was the start of this era. That's why we're sitting here right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, next time we definitely have to go at least to 100. Maybe just 500. So, you guys, here's the thing. After a win, you got to be active on Twitter. Right. You got you to see what we're, what we're tossing out there. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a thing. Every win, we'll toss out some sort of uh, mm. Easter egg. I like it. An Easter egg and see if there's any goodies inside. Exactly. And the Broncos found a goodie inside <laughs> of today's Easter egg, which was a win. And man thank god they did as i told zach after after the um the game it's like actually good for the the health of the city yeah like the physical health of the city it's true when the broncos win you just like you wake up monday morning you just feel a little bit of a different vibe in the air yep also um the abs are gonna go 82 and 0 and win the stanley <laughs> cup so 98 no actually nuggets same path as well yep um, two teams in Denver are actually going to go 98 and 0 this year, hang and hang two banners, two parades, the whole thing. So people are feeling good right now. It's going to be incredible. And, and, the, and the Broncos might win their next 12 games, <laughs> 11, I guess, after today. And uh, yeah, or they could go one in 15. They could, but they can't go 0 in 16 There's, anymore. Yeah, hey, they're off the Schneid. Yep, they cannot be the worst team ever. They can't. No. Nope. And there's still three teams that don't have wins. Now, are we going to have the conversation? Are they the best one-win team? They, they probably are. Tune in tomorrow. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, these are fun. I love these post-game yeah. ones. And, and this is our first ever post-game win yep, podcast, which is. feels pretty good. So uh, for Zach and his beautiful vocal cords, Thank I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's getting me down, waiting for you.
If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. But I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in, ha in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.